You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone Montreal right here on Uh, the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media, a uh, proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network, as you heard right off the top there. And uh, we're so glad to be part of the Hockey Podcast Network. We are so glad that you are here with us today. Lots of great hockey news to talk to you about in the midst of the Stanley Cup final. Um, And uh, before we go any further, allow us to introduce ourselves. I am your host and the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. My name is Amy Johnson, and I'm joined each and every week by my tremendous co-host. He's also our founder and editor-in-chief here at Rocket Sports, and his name is Rick Stevens. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. And good afternoon to all of our listeners. A little bit of a nail-biter night last night. It was. Just a a wee bit. It's a brand (laughs) new-looking Montreal Canadiens lineup. Oh, was it ever. With an old formula. (laughs) Uh, yes, the, yes. The old formula was let Carey Price handle it and we'll uh, score a goal here and there and, and uh, walk off with an OT win. There you go. We're going to talk about that in a, in, a, in just a bit. Um, very exciting, very exciting stuff. Um, but first, uh, we should, uh, you know, talk a little bit about our friends at DraftKings. Um, you know, it's it's odd that it's July. Uh, hope everyone, I should say, had a, had a safe and happy Canada Day and Fourth of July celebration, depending on which side of the border you're on. Um, but it's hard to believe that we're in July and we are still watching the Stanley Cup final. Uh, but don't forget that there's lots of other sports happening right now, too. Um, and for those of you who are into MMA, you're going to want to uh, particularly perk up about this one. You know, McGregor versus Poirier 3, it's all set for UFC 264. Uh, Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. And for this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy MMA is easy to play. You just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's really no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test and to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. 
DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. It's the McGregor versus Poirier rubber match. Uh, get in on the action now. Download the DraftKings app and use promo code THPN for your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Lots of good stuff over there at DraftKings. Uh, so proud to be able to bring our listeners uh, those special promo codes to get you some extra bonuses when you play DraftKings. Um, and if you've not tried it, I recommend you do so. Just go download the DraftKings app and you'll be on your way. Lots of great things at Rocket Sports, too. Mm. It's July and we're talking hockey. I like it. Mm-hmm. We're actually, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that in our second segment. Um, but first, in our first segment, we're going we're gonna to touch on the Montreal Canadiens and the Laval Rocket. We're, of course, going to take a look at that big Game 4 win, uh, the question marks going into it, what happened, and where they go from, ne- from here, uh, as well as some Laval Rocket news uh, with a new ECHL affiliate to, uh, to ice this fall. The Laval Rocket is wasting no time in signing contract after contract after contract and uh, there were quite a few that took place uh, and were announced in this past week so we'll bring you up to speed on those then in segment two we're going to go around the AHL Uh, we've got uh, plenty of AHL news to talk about actually there's uh, some some news regarding the Vancouver Canucks and their new AHL affiliate in Abbotsford. There's some news from the Chicago Blackhawks camp uh, regarding their affiliation with the Rockford Ice Hogs. Um, we're going to have a, a, a bit of a, a more, I don't want to say extensive, but we're going to take a look at one of the big news uh, items of this past week, particularly for Montreal uh, fans who will be familiar with the name Sylvain Lafave. He has uh, gotten himself a promotion up to the NHL. Uh, and we're going to talk about, uh, you know, a little bit about that move and, and Sylvain's uh, history of being a coach of, of, of different, uh, you know, whether it's a head coach or an assistant coach for many years in the AHL, what makes him well suited for the job, um, as uh, and and uh, we might even be answering some some questions from some fans uh, about Sylvain Lefebvre uh, and and what the folks in Columbus can expect from him behind the bench. Uh, we'll also talk about this year's Kelly Cup champions. That's right. The Stanley Cup isn't the only thing on the line this year. The ECHL did go through with their Kelly Cup championship tournament and uh, a new winner has been crowned. So we'll talk about that. Uh, and we also want to uh, be sure to pay our respects to uh, Matisse K- uh, Kivlenix, uh, of course, the tragic news across the hockey world this week uh, with his very sudden and tragic passing. Um, and before we send you off on, on your way uh, today, our feel-good finale is kind of what Rick was just alluding to. Uh, July is going to be jam-packed with hockey, believe it or not, and uh, Rocket Sports Media is going to be the place for it all, and we'll kind of give you the rundown of uh, what you can expect to get from the Rocket Sports crew this month. So lots and lots of hockey to talk about. Well, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Uh, Rick, they didn't get swept. That was a big key, right? You can't get swept by the Lightning in the Stanley Cup Final. The first time you've been to the Stanley Cup Final in 28 years, and the Habs avoided that pitfall. 
I think I like Jeff Petrie's answer. Uh, the, the Canadians were getting asked how important it was um, not to get uh, swept at home and and uh, uh, swept and then lose, uh, uh, you know, have have the cup paraded around in on um, uh, Bell Center ice. Yeah. Um, the Canadians have only had uh, once in their history uh, the cup parade that was Calgary uh, in Montreal um, at the Forum. Um, and Jeff Petrie said, um, um, you know, that's not the point. Uh, we don't want to lose at all. Uh, it's <laughs> it's not, it doesn't matter, <laughs> you know, so much about losing at home or away. We just don't want to lose at all. So, um, and, and I think that's a very different mindset, uh, for hockey players than for fans uh, who are watching. Absolutely. Um, I, I think there was definitely a lot of, uh, fan nail biting, a little bit of fear that they that that their 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 dear Montreal Canadiens might get swept and they might see someone else raise Lord Stanley uh, on the ice, but that didn't happen. Um, Listen, even the mayor of Tampa didn't want the the Canadians to get swept. What a bad take that was. <laughs> I mean, I I. I can't imagine anyone in the Tampa organization is saying thanks to the mayor of Tampa right now. I mean, don't put that kind of you don't put that kind of jinx on your team like, oh, you you can afford to lose one. It'll be fine. Like <laughs> like people were saying it's it's obvious that she doesn't understand hockey. True, but uh, she doesn't understand competitive sports no. uh, that that you don't do that. You don't give your uh, opponents a uh, a chance, uh, an in. Uh, you don't. You don't uh, play with momentum. You don't any of that stuff. Uh, just, just completely clueless uh, to uh, competitive sports. Yes, um, she's more than welcome to focus her attentions on the safety of those uh, in the city and uh, hopefully attending tomorrow night's game with uh, the the path of Hurricane Elsa starting to bear down on Florida. She's I, I think she's probably better focused on on municipal uh, <laughs> concerns. Um, going into yesterday's game though, Rick, uh, you know it was it was almost expected that Dominic Ducharme would have to make some sort of change in his lineup going into game four, uh, backs against the wall, an elimination game, particularly with how poorly uh, Montreal played in game three. Uh, Gustafson and Merrill just, I, I, every time they're on the ice, I say that they can't possibly get worse, and then they do. Um, so I think, I think fans and even folks uh, like us in the media who – cover the team were, were had their fingers crossed that some sort of change would be made, but were you surprised at how many changes were made? Oh, of, of course. Um, almost uh, every, well, each line other than the fourth line was, uh, affected by the changes, uh, swapped out the entire third pairing of, of the defense. Um, those you, you don't normally see those, uh, from, uh, experienced coaches who are trying to uh, present a, a face of stability and um, and and some chemistry and and listen, it's you know when it all works out, the coach looks great. But mm -hmm. but did it have anything to do necessarily with the coach? Now um, you can you can um, you can make ties to the changes that were made last night uh, in and and tie them to the win. Um, 
but uh, you know, is it is it usual to to have upheaval in the entire lineup? No, it's it's not. Those things uh, don't usually turn out well when you don't have a player like Carey Price in your lineup. And if you watch the first twenty minutes of the game, maybe the first eighteen minutes of the game, uh, they did not come out looking comfortable at all. Well, it was it was eight minutes before uh, the Canadians got their first shot on goal, uh, and by then uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning had had eight shots. Um, when when um, uh, the Canadians scored, that was Josh Anderson scored the opening goal, and that was the first time they had taken a lead in the uh, in the series. Uh, the shots were eleven to one uh, for Tampa. Uh, and Carey Price had to be to be superb to keep them in it. Uh, the Canadians just came out flat. There was, you know, obviously there wasn't a lot of chemistry in the lines. They were, they, you know, passes were all over the place. The play was sloppy. Uh, they didn't have a lot of energy. Um, and um, yeah, Tampa was uh, Tampa was was putting their you know foot to the pedal, and and uh, Carey Price had to be spectacular. Uh, otherwise, it could have gotten uh, out of hand. Of course, the uh, the big controversial call um, was Jesperi Kakanyemi finding himself in the suite uh, once again. Kind of uh, ironic that that's how he started the playoffs, and last night could have been, thankfully wasn't, but could have been the end of the playoffs for the Canadians and uh, Kakenyemi watching from above both times. Um, what are your thoughts on on sitting Kakenyemi? I mean, Dominic Ducharme made all the all the right uh, platitudes to the media about it, saying, "Well, you know, player every every player wants to play every night, of course, and we understand that, and they all know that they all can't play every night." And you know, we talk to Kakenyemi, and everybody's got a great attitude, and it's just it's not a punishment; it's just about using our depth, and we've got depth to use, and we really wanted to get Evans back together with Byron and Lekkinen, and all of those things sound fine by themselves but in the overall you know in the overall picture particularly with how much of a force KK was once he was inserted into the lineup after sitting the first game of the postseason was this was this a good decision in the big picture for Dominic Ducharme no i saw some some silly tweets where um you know the, the folks had tallied up the uh, number of playoff games that uh, uh uh, Kakenyemi has has played and comparing them to Kachuk or whoever, um, and and really those are just silly. Uh, none of that none of that means anything uh, to Jesperi Kakenyemi. If you if you go and sit down and reason to him, um, it, it doesn't mean anything. All he hears is this is an elimination game, and as an organization, we don't trust you. That's all he hears, loud and clear. Um, and for uh, Kakinemi, who uh, was such an important draft pick, was such a high draft pick, and is is um, expected to have such an important place in the future of the organization, uh, you don't do that. And and you know he wasn't necessarily the the worst offender as far as. Uh, players that needed to come out. Uh, Jake Evans, uh, Jake adds a different 
aspect that that third line now the third line and fourth line and and maybe the first line all become uh your defensive lines uh with only one offensive purely offensive line that being uh suzuki um and 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 maybe that's what uh dominic Ducharme was going for mm-hmm. but um yeah it's nothing against jake evans no i'm happy to see him get into a game it's- maybe there's maybe there was a better place for jake evans maybe he goes in for stall um, maybe he goes in for Byron. I don't know, but uh, I, I I think it it's tough to put him in for uh, Kakinyemi. Um, and and particularly, like I say, Kakinyemi hadn't been playing uh, poorly at all. And and uh, and and uh, you know, Jake Evans brings a different look, but um, there could have been a different way of handling that. And you know, you remember. There was a bit of a chip on his shoulder um, when he got inserted in into the postseason after sitting out at the beginning, and he scored that first goal, and you know raised his hand, gave a little gesture up to the rest of the guys sitting up in the up in the suite. Um, you could tell there was a probably a bit of a chip on his shoulder about really okay. Glad you decided to play me. Um, it's become kind of a meme, um, mm-hmm. and you know the the four fingers. People have 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 used that to represent all kinds of things, but uh, and and have kind of blurred the meaning of what it meant. But you're right; it meant uh, this is for the four of us who had to sit out, weren't part of things, had to practice together, had to rely on each other. Uh, it was a, a, a chip, um, and um, and it's like I say, it's been twisted into other things. Uh, but it 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 really meant something at the time. And now does the chip get a little bit bigger now that he goes and he performs the way he did throughout the postseason, and then in the most crucial game they've they've played yet, uh, he he's relegated back up top again. And uh, not just one game, because today we heard and and who knows who knows what who the knows lineup what is going to be do. for yeah. um, for game five. But uh, Ducharme hinted rather loudly that he would likely ice the same lineup. So then that becomes two games that uh, that Kotkaniemi's out. That's right. And uh, as as our colleague Mike Rashel reminded everyone in Slack last night, he is a pending RFA. So <laughs> I don't know that you want to, you know, cause that kind of tension uh, heading, into the, heading into the summer, but we'll see how all that shakes out. Uh, to his credit, Alexander Romanoff looked uh, exactly the way we thought Alexander Romanoff would look, and it's a darn shame that he hasn't been playing a lot more uh, hockey this postseason than than he has, particularly with last night's performance. Yeah, I mean, he there he had his nervous moments. Sure, um, he had his uh, unsure moments. Uh, the in the the third period with uh, half of the um, Clydesdales in the penalty box for over six minutes. Um, that uh, the Canadians were forced to to put uh, Romanoff and Kulak out there, and it was a a very costly goal. Uh, more Kulak's fault than Romanov, although Romanov went down to block a pass across a little early. Um, uh, so you know, um, he he had his moments. Uh, would the would would he have looked more comfortable had he been playing all along? Absolutely. And did did the two of them look a whole lot better than Gustafson and Merrill? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> That's not even under discussion. Um, and 
um, Romanov uh, stepped onto the ice uh, and and uh, wristed a, a shot at the goal and uh, and got the goal ahead, two one goal. Uh, with a great screen by Arturi Lekkinen, who mm-hmm. had a superb game, one of the best uh, Canadian skaters uh, last night. And uh, so Romanov uh, was a, a key part of, uh, of the win last night. Well, as you say, Dominic Ducharme, uh, you know, of course, not really giving away too much today in his presser before they headed off for Tampa, but said that, you know, it's, it's likely that we would see the same lineup tomorrow. As you say, you never know what's going to happen. Um, and at this point, everyone's also just watching the weather reports. Uh, I, I do believe the Canadians have, have arrived in Tampa. Uh, we'll just wait to see what happens with the weather if they're able to go forward with the game as scheduled tomorrow night, uh, Rick. But um, I expect that uh, we'll hear a lot of the narrative that Carey Price has to play like he did last night again, which, frankly... <laughs> He's been playing. He's been playing well all throughout the postseason. Um, he was certainly their star player last night, as you say. Lekkonen, uh had an absolutely superb game, um, and uh, Josh Anderson finally. You know, every t- every time Josh Anderson drives the net, he looks like he's going to do something, and and a lot of times he doesn't. That's right. Uh, it's it ends up in in just kind of a very big let down but uh josh anderson coming up big last night uh i think uh once whenever game five uh, gets off the ground hopefully tomorrow night i think it's going to be another pretty exciting game and i'm sure the tampa fans are going to be uh riled up for it Eighteen thousand six hundred, and we'll see if if it gets pushed to a game six whether uh that restriction that limit that 3500 uh, in the Bell Center gets uh, moved at all uh, because the application last time was just for games three and four. Ah, well, we'll see what happens. Um, before we take a break, do want to visit Laval for a moment. Uh, they are making plenty of contract signings. Um, most of them are one-year two-way contracts, so it's looking like they are filling the ranks uh, for Trois Rivières for their ECHL affiliate. Um, should come to no surprise to anyone at this point anymore that every single one of them is a Quebec-born player. Uh, that seems to be the theme uh, for Laval signing so far. Just going to quickly run through the names. Um they have signed a one-year two-way contract for Quebec-born defenseman Carl Neal. Uh, he played in Denmark last year. Uh, that's his first professional season, the 24-year-old playing in Denmark. Uh, before that, he spent three seasons playing in the U Sports League for the for Concordia. Um, before that, he played in the Q for Sherbrooke and the Charlottetown Islanders. Um, we also have, as far as the two-way contracts, there's another defenseman, Charles De- David Baudouin. Uh, he's 27, uh, played in Austria in the ICEHL last year for the EHC Black Wings Linz. Um, then he played Prior to that, does have uh, mostly ECHL games with Tulsa, Jacksonville, and Rapid City Rush, uh, but has also gotten 108 career AHL games, both with the Binghamton Senators and Manitoba Moose on his resume as well. He, of course, started in uh, the queue as well, playing for Drummondville and Ramuski, uh, and also played in U Sports. And uh, finally, on the two, uh, the 
Actually, I'm not sure if this one is a two-way or not, but uh, it's uh, Quebec-born forward Alexander Fortin. Uh, he's 24, played with the AHL's Colorado Eagles last year. Uh, this will be his fifth pro season um, and has amassed 53 points over his 167 career AHL games um, and also has had a... a just a handful of games in the NHL with the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, probably the the best known name uh, of the four would be their one year, I believe, one way contract for Quebec born forward Danik Martel. Uh, Martel last year was with the Binghamton Devils. Um, this is the one. Not only I'm, am I more familiar with with Martel because he uh, he played in the Flyers organization for quite a number of years, um, but he's also probably one of the 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 better signings as far as offense uh, and someone who can actually contribute well uh, for Laval on the scoreboard. Um, two years ago in the 2019-20 season, uh, Martel was a 30-point scorer that year. Uh, he's got playoff experience in the AHL. He does have some NHL experience as well. Um, and so he will be joining Laval in the fall as well. So Rick gets uh, lots of signings. Uh, plenty of them, it seems, are heading to the ECHL, but that means that they will be the first also to be called up to the AHL when there are holes. Well, I think that's an important point. And listen, um, uh, Danik Martell is a quality AHL player. Mm-hmm. The others that you mentioned are not. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they have been playing in the hockey hotbeds of Denmark and Austria and the Canadian university leagues, um, league and, and, um, with the common thread of being Quebec born. And, and it appears that you're not going to get in the door in Trois-Rivières unless you have that attached, uh, to your resume. And, and that's fine if that's how they want to assemble the team, uh, the Trois-Rivières Alliance. But as you said, uh, there will be opportunities. The ECHL team is there to, uh, for call-ups and um, and and you better have players who can play uh, at the AHL level uh, in Laval. Um, we don't see that yet, um, and lots of time, lots more signings to be made. But For these sure. are early signings, and and when you have your pick of the the players, so you would you would think, <laughs> excuse me, you'd be seeing more of uh, the quality players and adding those um, those ECHL players uh, later on. But we'll see how it goes. We will. And we will keep you apprised of all the signings as they roll in. Uh, What we're going to do right now is take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to go around the AHL, talk a little bit about uh, some new things happening with some of the franchises around the league. Uh, And we're going to break down the news about Sylvain Lefebvre getting uh, called up to the NHL, taking an assistance position with the Columbus Blue Jackets, with Brad Larson as the head coach. Uh, All that and plenty more, so don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report 
and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Media and the AHL Report. Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Of course, we want you to follow the AHL Report. That's at the AHL Report. You can also follow this podcast at the Press Zone, so you never miss an episode. Um, By the way, Speaking of not ever missing an episode, have you subscribed to the Press Zone yet? Whatever podcast platform you're currently listening on, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, or if even if you're listening uh, to the player in the article on our website, just look down and uh, hit that subscribe button. That way you don't ever miss an episode all summer long, all year long, because we're not going anywhere. We've got lots of hockey to talk about. Uh, of course, in this segment is uh, when we go around the AHL and uh, plenty of news to talk about. Uh, the first thing we know uh, that uh, the whole shakeup with uh, the Vancouver Canucks uh, breaking their affiliation with the with Utica, they will no longer uh, have an AHL affiliate in Utica. Of course, Utica is filling that void by now having a new affiliation with the New Jersey Devils. So they will still be the Utica Comets. However, they will be affiliated with New Jersey now instead of Vancouver. Vancouver, as we know, is uh, moving their AHL affiliate geographically closer to the Canucks themselves and uh, have... Uh, are going to be having uh, a team in Abbotsford. Of course, you remember uh, the last time Abbotsford was an AHL city, they were the Abbotsford Heat. We don't know yet who the Vancouver Canucks, uh, what they're going to name their team. But the news for this week is that all of those things took one step closer to becoming a reality for next season as the Vancouver Canucks and the city of Abbotsford uh, announced that they had reached an official partnership agreement and a officially confirmed uh, that the club's AHL league affiliate will in fact relocate to Abbotsford for the start of the 21-22 season. And that's a, that's a big deal, Rick. Like it's, it's, it's fine in theory to talk about these things, but there are actual uh, forms that need to be signed agreements that need to be drawn up things that have to be negotiated and worked out. And so this was the announcement that uh, both the organization and the city did come to an agreement. And now they're able to launch a, a season ticket drive, uh, which which they did, and they'll get to work on 
team names and logos and, and jerseys and all that sort of thing. And for fans, um, as you said, uh, no more Utica. So uh, fans are going to have to get used to Vancouver fans uh, 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 being in the Pacific Division, a whole new set of teams and players uh, that they'll be um, they'll get used to seeing. They'll 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 be seeing. Uh, I'm sure a rivalry will develop with the Stockton Heat in Calgary and, mm-hmm. and uh, 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 Tucson Roadrunners, Colorado Eagles, and all the Pacific Division teams. Another piece of franchise news uh, comes with the Chicago Blackhawks. It was announced uh, within this past week that the AHL Board of Governors officially approved the transfer of ownership of the Roxford Ice Hogs. Uh, to the Chicago Blackhawks. Remember, this was, um, Rick, it feels like Chicago and the Chicago Wolves and the Rockford Ice Hog. There's all sorts of movement in the Central uh, in, in the last couple of years. Of course, when, uh, you know, Henderson came in uh, and, and Las Vegas uh, purchased the ownership of the Texas uh not the Texas Stars, um, the San Antonio Rampage, and suddenly uprooted them to Henderson to have the Vegas Golden Knights AHL affiliate closer there. Then there was, but but prior to that, Vegas had shared an affiliation with the Chicago Wolves. There there was all sorts of turbulence and moving around and very abrupt things, and and so now it's for the Chicago Blackhawks at least. Things are now settling that they have. Uh, purchased and transferred the ownership of the Roxford Ice Hogs to the Chicago Blackhawks. And in doing so, the Ice Hogs will begin their 15th season as uh, the Blackhawks AHL affiliate. That they certainly will. Um, we actually have a, a an interesting um, segment, not segment, but an interesting uh, part of the show that we're going to get to now doing something a little little bit different today you know we we always talk to you about how much we enjoy corresponding with our fans we love to hear from you on twitter we love to interact with fans and followers and listeners on twitter and answer questions and this week um there was a flurry of that kind of activity this week when suddenly uh, the columbus blue jackets announced that brad larson had uh, selected one of his new assistant coaches to join him behind the bench this season for his first season uh, as the head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets now that John Tortorella is no longer there. Uh, and the news came out that that selection was none other than Sylvain Lefebvre. Um, for our Montreal uh, listeners, Sylvain Lefebvre, of course, uh, spent his last three seasons with the San Diego Gulls as uh, an assistant coach. But prior to that, uh, he was the head coach for the Mo- of the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens for a number of years. He was the head coach for the Laval Rockets inaugural season before that, two years as the head coach with St. John's Ice Caps. And prior to that, the AHL affiliate was in Hamilton, and he was the head coach of the Bulldogs. And, and we, of course, covered Sylvain Lefebvre uh, and his teams extensively throughout that uh, his tenure with with the Montreal Canadiens. And so when that announcement came out, Rick, um, lots of, uh, you know, of course, anytime there's a new NHL coaching position that's that's announced, there's a flurry of activity and questions about it. And we started to see uh, some some feedback on Twitter. People were in Columbus were saying, well, we don't know a lot about Sylvain Lefebvre and and um there were fans asking questions. We were 
pointing them in the direction of some of our coverage and some of our YouTube features. Um, but there was a fan in particular who who has his own um, startup uh, hockey Twitter account that he's uh, you know, trying to bring breaking news around the hockey world, but is a Columbus Blue Jackets fan. And he had some some very uh, specific questions. And um, yeah, it was it was really interesting last week to see how quickly we were able to mobilize and, and talk about Sylvain Lefebvre from all of our experience with him. A lot of noise on on social media, and and uh, sometimes that uh, can steer people in a come a, a very wrong direction. And um, so we we uh, thought we'd take the opportunity to uh, kind of set the record straight because we have a real unique uh, uh, view uh, given our experience with Sylvain Lefebvre, um, and and uh, particularly for a coaching staff. Um, in Columbus now that's, that's with Pascal Vincent and Laval Native that's right. uh, that uh, had done such a good job with the Manitoba Moose and, and, uh, and now Sylvain Lefebvre, that, our experience with the AHL and uh, in particular with the Montreal Affiliates, uh, we, we could have a unique perspective uh, about Sylvain Lefebvre. So we decided to do something a little different today and we've invited uh, one of those... Uh, gentleman from Twitter who had so many questions to join us on the show today as kind of a representative of Columbus Blue Jackets fans and do a bit of a reverse Q&A to ask us uh, for a little insight about Sylvain Lefebvre. Pleased to be joined today on the Press Zone uh, by a new guest. Uh, He is Ryan Lacey, the owner and founder of The Hockey Hound. He's at Hockey Hound Show on Twitter, Um, an independent uh, hockey NHL uh, Twitter account, uh, soon to be a website uh, covering the NHL and, and breaking news. Uh, so Ryan, we're, we're so glad that you're here with us today. I'm glad to be here. Um, and really, we, we came to uh, just get to know you recently. Um, you're a Columbus Blue Jackets fan, am I correct? Diehard Columbus Blue Jacket fan. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, last week, Columbus Blue Jackets fans uh, got a bit of news when it was announced that Brad Larson had selected Sylvain Lefebvre to be uh, an associate coach of his behind the bench. Uh, and of course, there was certainly Twitter was all abuzz about uh, Sylvain Lefebvre coming up from the AHL ranks um, and lots of opinions about how successful he'll be or what what he'll do as an NHL uh, assistant coach and so forth. And uh, you were right in there. You had lots of um, lots of questions. We were really happy to get to engage with you on Twitter and, and answer some of those for you. And as as Rick knows, uh, sometimes we can be a, a bit of an oasis or an island of <laughs> of being able to to bring a, a different kind of aspect uh, when people have questions about uh, coaches like Sylvain Lefebvre. Yeah, I mean, when it that news broke, nobody from Columbus really knew anything about the guy. Um, there was a few reports that come out, but I got a few comments and stuff um, from Canadians fans that were not very uh, high in his liking. So just being able to come and join the show and talk to you guys a little bit about um, what he could bring to the Columbus Blue Jackets organization would definitely help uh, the aspect from uh, both sides. Well, we're we're glad to uh, we're glad to help, and and um, our our 
analysis might be a little bit different or, or, or a lot different, polar opposites, in fact, than <laughs> uh, what you might find on social media. And, and there's, there's several reasons for that. And I think first and foremost is that uh, the Canadians organization and the way they deal with their AHL team now, uh, the Laval Rocket and the current coach, uh, Joel Bouchard, uh, is very different, very different from the way that uh, uh, the Canadians dealt with their their previous incarnation uh, with Sylvain Lefebvre, who was um, head coach of, of the Lavelle for its inaugural year, St. John's Ice Caps before that, and then prior to that, the Hamilton Bulldogs, all AHL affiliates. Um, and uh, and the difference, I think, it's it's and you, to appreciate why it's different, I think you have to understand the maturation of of Mark Bergevin. And Mark Bergevin came in with no experience as a, a general manager in the league, and it t- took him quite a while to to figure things out and to uh, understand how he could be most effective. And uh, one of the the great things he did was hire very good people. Uh, very good people as his assistants, as his advisors, uh, as his uh, coaching staff, uh, and Sylvain Lefebvre was one of them. But then what what Mark Bergevin did is what many uh, many of us do when they start out, and, and that's micromanage. And uh, we saw micro, him micromanage the draft. We saw him micromanage uh, in coaching. We saw him micromanage when it came to uh, the AHL uh, affiliate. Um, and, and we know that, that, that led to, to, uh, folks like Rick Dudley and Shane Shirley, very good hockey people, uh, who didn't feel that their input was being respected, leave the organization. Um, and I think it, 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 um, with Sylvain Lefebvre, um, he's a very, uh, uh, loyal person. He's, he was a good soldier for the Montreal, um, Canadians organization. And he followed to the letter, uh, what Mark Bergevin wanted. And, and I mean, when I say micromanage that came down to, uh, lineups, who was playing on which line, which defense pairing, um, on, uh, the power play on the penalty kill, those orders would come down from on high. So it was, it was difficult for, uh, Sylvain Lefebvre, and and um, and and the the focus was uh, primarily on development, on on teaching, uh, and 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 I know that's hard for some fans to understand the role of the AHL, and they want to see winning everywhere in the organization, and that wasn't happening uh, with uh, with the St. John's Ice Caps. Um, so those kinds of things are different and they're very different now with, uh, Joel Bouchard, who has far more independence, uh, and has, has, uh, also altered the focus more, more towards winning. Now, why do we have a different, um, take on things? Well, listen, um, in, in Hamilton, there wasn't much coverage. Uh, there was our coverage. Uh, we had a, a reporter and a photographer at every game and there was a Hamilton spectator, the local newspaper. Uh, no Montreal media there, no French media there. Same thing happened in St. John's. St. John's Newfoundland is nowhere near Montreal. Um, it's it's uh, as far east as you can go in Canada. And uh, so there it, it was uh, the St. John's Telegram and it was us. We had a reporter and a photographer there. Uh, on the road, there was no coverage uh, at all other than us as we followed 
the team going uh, place to place in northern New York and Pennsylvania and Connecticut. Um, and so we got to know the, 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 the team well. We got to know the coaching staff well. We got to know and uh, understand why things were happening. Um, and, and, and maybe, uh, and, and the other part of it is when you go to an AHL arena, it's not like there's, uh, you know, suites, uh, where the, where the staff can, uh, the, the, the general manager, the assistant general manager, the scouting staff, the development folks, uh, they're not often some suite. They're sitting right beside you in the press box. And so we got, we got access to more information than, uh, many did and, and, and got to understand, uh, um, Sylvain Lefebvre, uh, the type of coach he was and, and the type of position he had in the organization. So with, um, with, with that being said, we, uh, were really pleased, Ryan, uh, you know, coming, as you said, diehard, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets fans and, and you've got a, a good following of, of folks on Twitter, uh, who are diehard Columbus Blue Jackets fans. And, and there's a lot of questions that you have about who is Sylvain Lefebvre and, and what's he going to bring to Columbus. And so we were really happy to just invite you on the show today to kind of do a, a, a bit of a reverse Q&A. Uh, you, you had a few questions that uh, you said you would love to ask uh, to, to Rick and I to uh, be able to explain some, some of the, the basic big hot topics around Lafabe for your Blue Jackets listeners. So why don't you get started? What's what's the first thing on the top of your list that that you think is really a burning question for CBJ fans? Well, the biggest thing from Columbus Blue Jacket fans is we have a problem. Um, now that Torts is gone and everything, we have a big question is who the identity is behind the bench. And the biggest question that I have gotten is basically what kind of coaching style the Jacket fans can expect from Sylvain Lefebvre. Well, I'll start. I'll start, and, and I'm sure Rick will chime in here as well. Um, Sylvain Lefebvre is, uh, and I think I even mentioned this in in our in our back and forth on Twitter. Uh, if there's one thing that Sylvain Lefebvre is, he's all business. Uh, he is a very serious coach. Uh, he takes his role very seriously, uh, but he cares very much about his players. He's not. He's, you know, he's he's not like torts in that, you know, you're not going to see the bombastic emotional outbursts. Granted, he will get angry if 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 the case is warranted. But uh, he is a much quieter, more reserved internal kind of coach. Um, And he, as I said, takes his role very seriously. As Rick alluded to a few minutes ago, he's very loyal to the organization that he works for, but he's also very loyal to his players. Um, and if he's given instructions and given guidance on on what the out the final outcome is, he's going to follow that to the letter. Um, Rick, I, I'm sure that you you can offer even some more insight on that. Yeah, the the the, the direction, uh, the style of play, the game plan, all of those things are going to be determined by Brad Larson. That's 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 easy to see. Uh, so Sylvain Lefebvre is going to be uh, following that. He's he'll be he'll be loyal that way. However, as we understand, he'll be looking after the defense, and we know that. Uh, he's a big fan of, of puck-moving defensemen, of very physical defensemen. He was both 
uh, in his day, and we saw him, the kind of teaching that he did uh, in St. John's along with uh, Donald Dufresne. Uh, Donald Dufresne, uh, now an assistant coach in Ramouski, known as the professor, both Lefebvre and, and Dufresne, excellent teachers uh, for, for the defense. Both are, are uh, Stanley Cup winners uh, mm-hmm. and can pass on that kind of experience. Um, uh, as, as far as physical, uh, um, uh, I remember uh, Sylvain Lefebvre saying, uh, he pointed out um, uh, Yannick Veilleux, and he said uh, th- there's, there's, there's uh, a couple of kinds of NHL players, and there's the ones who run out of their way to make hits and make noise, and, and um, um, he said there's, there's a player like Yannick Veilleux who when he hit you, and he said that Yannick Veilleux had hit him, and, and Sylvain Lefebvre's a big man. Uh, it hurts. You can feel it in your chest. He said, that's what I want my players to do. Um, and uh, so it's going to be physical. Uh, they're going to have to move the puck. Uh, but I think I, I think he's going to be the kind of coach uh, that uh, the defensemen are going to want to play for. And that comes at an interesting time, too. I mean, with the reports that Seth Jones wants to get out of Columbus, I mean, he's one of the Jackets' biggest puck-moving defensemen. So it'll be interesting to see how he can shape up a uh, defense that doesn't really have that much experience other than Wierenski and Gavrikov behind him. And the, the other key thing with Sylvain Lefebvre is uh, he knows what it takes uh, to, to work hard. Um, he was undrafted and, and made a substantial NHL career for himself uh, out of that. So, so yes, uh, I think, I think certainly uh, he knows how to take uh Players nope. from all kinds of backgrounds and 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 paths to the NHL and and put put a winning combination together. Work ethic is is at the top of of his mm-hmm. priority. Pedigree isn't necessarily um, right. so. I think that that should fit into the group that you have there quite well. Nice. So what is uh, what is number two on your list? What is if 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 coaching style would be kind of the top concern for for CBJ fans? What comes next on the list? Um, you guys kind of touched on a little bit, um, but the next question would be what his strengths and weaknesses are as a coach. I think um, if I can just start off as as far as as strengths and and Amy mentioned this, family is hugely important to him. His yes, own is. his own family, his mm-hmm. own kids, um, but also and, and grandchildren now, and but uh, also. Um, his players are family to him, and he goes uh, out of his way to uh, deal with them as individuals, uh, deal with each player as as an individual, which he he'll remark it was quite uh, different than in his playing days. Mm-hmm. Um, he understands the importance of that, and and we've had players talk to us about um, him, you know, uh, reaching out and and being involved when 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 he sees that. Uh, they need that. The other thing that's really important to him is is leadership. He doesn't feel that uh, leadership um, necessarily um, all comes from the coaches, that you have to have um, uh, internal leaders. Uh, you know, he wore an A when he was in um, Colorado, and, and um, he knows how important that, that is uh, to a team. We saw in... Um, in St. John's, there was uh, a prospect, Canadian's prospect, that they had traded for uh, by the name of Peter Holland. Peter Holland, uh, pretty talented, skilled uh, forward, um, 
uh, but was certainly uh, didn't feel that he belonged in the AHL. And um, with Larry Carrier, who was the assistant GM, it was Sylvain Lefebvre that went out and brought in Adam Cracknell. Uh, and that seemed an AHL veteran. Uh, and that seems so odd to, to that. He got a lot of criticism from Montreal media uh, and fans about that. And, um, and you saw it, how it completely changed the locker room. Adam Cracknell is, is uh, uh, he can add offense, but he is a solid leader. Uh, and, and when Sylvan went to uh, the San Diego Gulls, uh, you saw Adam Cracknell on that team as well, mm-hmm. providing the, the leadership. And, and a, a hallmark of his team uh, was always having good leaders, Morgan Ellis or, or Max Freeberg. These are names you don't necessarily uh, know as stars, but they are exceptional leaders. Zach Redman is another one. Um, Chris Terry, players who can provide leadership, and, and that's... That's something that I think he does best. He he knows how to uh, let his leaders work um, the room. And I, I I would echo that. I think um, I don't I don't know that I would categor categorize this as a weakness. I would say perhaps uh, on the on the opposite side of a strength, maybe a challenge uh, when getting to know Sylvain Lefebvre or even the media working with him is uh, it's I'll use a word I used a few minutes ago. He's intimidating. Um, he is he is quiet, as Rick said. He's a big man, um, and he knows how to you know kind of shoot laser beams with his eyes uh and and it's he can be a bit intimidating to talk to which i think sometimes unfortunately translates into people think that he's uh, a bit too hard or he's he's not very friendly or and and quite frankly it's the opposite um so i wouldn't call it a weakness of his i I just uh would kind of forewarn people that he's not uh he's not going to give you the warm and fuzzy vibes but believe me he's he's a he's got a tremendous amount of character one of the things we do at rocket sports is to um train uh young journalists um and and we we had one in st john's who uh, was at memorial university for for communications and journalism and and uh we put him through our training program and his first assignment uh, was to be the the in-game reporter for the St. John's Ice Caps, and and when he went to meet uh, a- after the his first uh, post-game presser, he went to meet Sylvain Lefebvre. Uh, he was terrified, and 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 I think I think Joe would say I'm not speaking out of school here. No. I think Joe would say the same thing, um, and uh, because uh, Sylvain Lefebvre comes across as very intense, he has a stare. He has a, a very firm grip when you shake his hand. Uh, probably the firm. Uh, the only other one. Uh, the only t- other time my hand's been as crushed that was with John John Beliveau. Um, <laughs> he he can be intimidating, but but it's uh, it's it's kind of a that's that's his exterior. Um, that's right. And and uh, it doesn't doesn't represent uh, necessarily who he is at all. The way that you were describing him right there, it does remind me an awful lot of Torts because he had <laughs> he had that stare that when he was upset and everything, you could definitely tell it. But I mean, he would run you through the ringer, and the thing about that is though is it wasn't because he was trying to be a jerk or anything like that. He was just doing that because he really cared about your progression and wanted you to be the best. Well, I think I I think that's a that's a great way of putting that, and and that was certainly uh, our experience with with Lefebvre as well. Um, and he, and he he has uh, his 
at least from our experience working with him for the better part of probably five or six years, um, for media relations, he's 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 great for media relations. He was always very generous with his time uh, whenever we wanted to talk to him, um, and uh, and so I'm. I'm and and listen, it's tough. It's tough uh, for every after every game. Uh, a coach has to come out and, 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 and meet the media. And, and fortunately on the, the road games, it was essentially uh, us, uh, as I've said, yeah. it was essentially rocket sports. <laughs> we were there every game and um, there were some really, you know, uh, there was tough games, the AHL, you know, I, we, we hear, um, we hear fans complain about uh, uh, officiating in the NHL in the AHL. It's, it's much worse. Um, and so he'd have to come and, and answer our questions every single time, even if they had a bad performance or, or, or refing a bad game. And there was one time I remember assistant GM Vinny Riondo came out and said, um, uh, guys, coach won't be out tonight. Uh, he feels really bad about it. Um, but, uh, just he better not he was he was fuming and, and and rightly so the officiating was awful and he was afraid of saying something but um he sent the assistant gm to talk to us and the next game he was just uh so apologetic well he uh, even apologized that night as he walked out of the room past us it he just, just kind of he yeah. looked and nodded and said thanks sorry guys because he knows you're <laughs> traveling bad weather bad conditions town to town and and he knows we have a job to do uh, but he he also has that that uh, personal sense that that um, that 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 he knows uh, you know he couldn't uh, he couldn't uh, say the right <laughs> things in that sort of ser- experience and and apologize to us. <laughs> Um, okay, so Ryan, um, we have time for one more question with you here today. Uh, so what what would be the last thing that you would like to get some insight on? So another problem that I see Columbus having a lot of is the lack of being able to develop prospects. We've got players like Emil Bemstrom and Liam Foody that hasn't really developed as to what their potential has been. So the next question and the last question I have is how can Sylvain Lefebvre help develop the prospects in the Jackets organization? Well, this is a question uh, that I think I'm probably most excited about us answering because um, for us uh, here, at least at the Press Zone, we concentrate on prospects so much um, that this is kind of really in our wheelhouse. And Sylvain Lefebvre, if there's one thing that he has a lot of experience with, it's developing prospects. you know, for I know a lot of your followers uh, are pretty tapped into the NHL. Uh, for those who do follow the AHL, um, may or may not understand completely the the true mission of an AHL team is that it's a development league. Um, yes, it's good hockey. Yes, it's competitive hockey. And yes, it's you know it's it's great to go on that Calder Cup w- run. Every AHL team wants to win the Calder, um, but. First and foremost, it is there as a development league to get your prospects ready uh, when they are able and when they are called upon to transition to the NHL and make an, make an impact for the NHL franchise. So Sylvain Lefebvre has uh, a number of years spent both as a head coach and now the last three years with the San Diego Gulls as an assistant coach uh, in the American Hockey League. So he understands that task uh, very, very well. He understands the process of it from the AHL uh, perspective, but more importantly, he also understands the challenge of 
developing a prospect at the American League level or, you know, someone coming out of junior or someone coming out of NCAA um, and and transitioning them and their progress from the American League to the NHL. That is a very difficult, it, that is a, a tricky transition to make. Uh, and, and knowing how to properly place and handle and talk to and support a prospect who has been transitioned newly to the NHL is a very delicate process. Um, and there's a lot of coaches who get it wrong, quite frankly. Um, it's very easy to kill the confidence of a young prospect if they're not handled properly when they first come to the NHL. Um, it's also a, a big mental game when prospects get shuttled back and forth between the NHL and the AHL, called up and sent down and called up and sent down. There's a, an emotional roller coaster that they experience. Um, Sylvain Lefebvre understands all of that. And he understands the, the challenges with it. He understands the process. As I said, he was undrafted. He knows what the tough path to the NHL looks like and feels like. Um, and so all of those experiences and all of those things that he has, uh, all of that, that knowledge that he has both used and experienced over the course of, of both his playing career and his coaching year, years, um, I believe will be a, a tremendous asset to uh, Brad Larson and the Columbus Blue Jackets as they look to really build depth in the prospect pi pipeline for Columbus. It was um, it, it was a major complaint of of uh, Canadians fans and and again those who don't follow things um, so quickly they wanted they wanted uh, okay who has uh, who's the household name that uh, Sylvain Lefebvre uh, Donald Dufresne, the, the professor, have have developed uh, for the Canadians organization, and and I'll just say that that um, as far as quality of prospects, Joel Bouchard last year uh, had more quality prospects and in the Laval Rocket than Sylvain Lefebvre had throughout his tenure uh, uh, with uh, with Hamilton, St. John's, and Laval. Uh, so that that was one issue. However, I think the other problem was that that many of those prospects, uh, Mark Bergevin likes to trade, and uh, that uh, Sylvain Lefebvre would would develop prospects, and then you'd see them, uh, Jacob de la Rose uh, in Detroit or St. Louis, uh, or Dan Carr in 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 Nashville, or um, Nicholas Delorier in in Anaheim, Joel Hanley uh, with Joel Dallas. Hanley. Um, uh, Greg Patter in 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 Dallas. Mm -hmm. um, so and again, these aren't these aren't necessarily big names. The biggest name would be Brandon Gallagher, of course. Uh, but th but that's what what he was working with, and and there was such a a, a a false narrative out there that they weren't developing anyone. So I sat down and and uh, one year, I don't even remember when this was. Uh, one year of his tenure, looked at. Um, any uh, players who had played, uh, I, I don't remember what the criteria was. I think it was nine games in the NHL. And uh, if they had been developed by Sylvain Lefebvre, and I quickly came up with 25 players who had played that particular year in the NHL that had been developed under Sylvain Lefebvre and, and uh, Donald Dufresne. And, and listen, if there's any, um, any question of, 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 of development and, and his understanding of how important it, it it was, and and as Amy was saying, the the mission of the AHL. It was when um, when the, the Canadians were Canadians affiliate AHL affiliate was in Hamilton, and uh, as an assistant coach, uh, the 
the Hamilton Bulldogs had Stéphane LeBeau. Um, Stéphane LeBeau was was a sniper. He was um, was he a Cole Caulfield of his time? Maybe, um, but he he was he was focused on offense. He was focused on forwards, um, and he was tremendously focused on winning. Well. Uh, uh, Stefan LeBeau was fired uh, because he didn't understand the philosophy of an AHL team, didn't understand the the development, uh, didn't understand that sometimes you have to put players in a position to learn rather than uh, a sole focus on winning because that that just isn't uh, the AHL. So Sylvain Lefebvre did understand that and had to make uh, personnel changes out of someone he knew and someone he respected uh, in order to, to uh, make sure that the focus uh, was on development. So I hope, Ryan, um, are, I, I, are you excited, I guess, from a, from a fan's perspective? Are, are the general sense that you get from your followers, are they excited for, for the, new, uh, the new bench bosses, uh, it, Brad Larson and Sylvain Lefebvre, as they, as they kind of make a new path there in Columbus? Excited, I would say no. Um, scared, <laughs> yes. <laughs> there is a lot of uncertainty going on right now with the Jackets. And hopefully by me joining the show and talking to you guys about Sylvain Lefebvre, it will clear a little bit of the uncertainty up. Um, based off of what you guys said, he's definitely going to fit in very nicely with the Jackets organization. We are very family-oriented. And the fact that he does bring that is a huge plus. Um Development, you guys covered that nicely. And like I said, the development from the Jackets aspect hasn't been very productive over the last few seasons. So just having him behind there and, like you said, having him being undrafted and knowing what it's going to take to go from basically nothing to the NHL level is going to be a huge um, a huge thing for these young kids coming in, basically not knowing what to expect. Well, and if, if there's any bigger indi- indicator of how important both hockey and family is to Sylvain Lefebvre, when he spent his day with the Stanley Cup back when he won it, he spent his time with Stanley Cup that day getting one of his children baptized in it. Oh, wow. In, in case you did not know. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, one of his children was baptized in the Stanley Cup uh, the day that he had it. So, um Yes, family is a big thing to Sylvain Lefebvre. He's got a beautiful family, um, and uh, and and we certainly wish him nothing but the best. We we have nothing but positive things to say about Sylvain Lefebvre. Our experience with him with him was always top notch. Uh, we highly respect him, um, and uh, I know that uh, you've you've seen it yourself because we we talked about it uh, on Twitter. But I will just reiterate to people: uh, check out the All Habs. Uh, YouTube channel. It's just youtube.com slash allhabs. Uh, you will find um, there is a feature video. And and uh, if you go to my, my Twitter timeline, you'll find it there as well, because I just recently uh, promoted it. You'll find a feature interview with Sylvain Lefebvre that we did uh, a couple of years ago, uh, where I sat down with him and did a lengthy interview with talking about not necessarily the X's and O's of hockey at that point, but more of a a profile of who he is as a person, who he was as a player, and who he is as a coach. And if anyone would like to get to know who Sylvain Lefebvre is beyond that exterior shell, that's a great uh, starting point. So I certainly encourage uh, you and your 
all of the Columbus Blue Jackets fans to check that out. Um, and Ryan, we we can't thank you enough. Uh, we should also we would be remiss to to not extend uh, our deepest condolences to the entire Columbus Blue Jackets family uh, for the the loss of Matisse Kivlenix this week. It's just a tragic, tragic uh, bit of news, um, and we are we are so sorry. Our thoughts and condolences are with all of the fans and uh, his teammates there in Columbus. Thank you. We really appreciate all that. Uh, you can find Ryan at Hockey Hound Show on Twitter. Ryan, we can't thank you enough for joining us today. And uh, we'll have to check back in with you uh, maybe mid-season and see uh, see how Sylvain Lefebvre's shaping up for you guys. That sounds great. I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thank you guys very much. Well, Rick, uh, that was a fun conversation with Ryan. Um, and, you know, it's I, I really couldn't be more sincere when, when I said that we just wish nothing but the best for Lefebvre. I'm I'm very excited for him to get this opportunity to coach at the NHL level, and I I very much hope I, I think that he and and Pascal Vincent are going to are going to work very well together. Um, and it sounds as we've mentioned on this show before that Brad Larson and Pascal Vincent uh, hit it off right away. So I think it's got the makings to be a very tight uh, coaching staff behind the bench in Columbus, and I'm really excited to see what they can do. Absolutely. And for a, a, a fan base who's welcoming uh, these three uh, to their team, they want to be positive. They, they, they want to know. Uh, they're inquisitive. And, and um, I think rather than, than just follow the, the false narratives that are out there on, on uh, social media, I, I give credit to those who, who want to reach out and find out what the story behind the story is. Absolutely. And, and like I said, we always encourage fans uh, Hockey fans, followers, listeners, you name it, reach out to us on Twitter, ask the questions, and, and we, we really enjoy sharing our perspective and our experience uh, with, with a decade of credentialed reporting around the AHL. Uh, we're, we're happy to do that, and it was very exciting to, uh, to get to do a bit of that this week. Um, while, of course, the Canadians and the Tampa Bay Lightning are on the quest for the Stanley Cup, um, they aren't the only ones. Um, the ECHL went through their entire postseason, and a very new Kelly Cup champion uh, was named this week uh, with their Kelly Cup finals um, coming to a wrap this week. Uh, of course, uh, their playoffs were canceled last year due to, due to COVID-19. So technically, the, de- the defending Kelly Cup champions from 2019 are the Newfoundland Growlers. Uh, they were not in the final this year, um, however, and it was Fort Wayne versus um, the South Carolina Stingrays and Rick the Fort Wayne Comets appearing in the Kelly Cup finals for the first time in its nine years in the ECHL are now the new Kelly Cup champions for the ECHL. Congratulations to Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne is an affiliate of the uh, the ECHL affiliate of the Vegas Golden Knights, and of course their association with Fort um, with uh, Henderson Silver Knights, um, South Carolina Stingway Stingrays. Those are, it is the ECHL affiliate of the Washington Capitals, and uh, of course the Hershey Bears. Absolutely. So congratulations to them. Uh, Very exciting time for them. Um, And just a reminder that there is still other (laughs) there is still other hockey going on. Um, And uh, congratulations to the ECHL for having a very full season. You'll remember we talked to you back in December. uh, Half of of the teams in the ECHL who didn't opt out of this season due to COVID um, 
there were a, a good number of them who started their seasons back in, in mid-December, uh, and, and more yep. teams then joined in January and February. The ECHL were the first ones in North America to get back to the rink, and they carried their season all the way through to being able to fully participate in their postseason and their playoffs and award a Kelly Cup champion. So congratulations to, to the ECHL on, on that accomplishment. Um, on a on a sadder note, I know we we touched on this uh, when our guest was on, but just want to pay our respects and offer our sincerest condolences to the Columbus Blue Jackets and to the f- teammates, friends, and families of Matisse Kivlenix. Um, most all of our listeners, I'm sure by now, have heard of his tragic passing due to a fireworks accident uh, while he was celebrating uh, the Fourth of July here in the states. He's he's had decided to spend the summer here in the States uh, training. He was living with uh, Elvis Merzlikens and his wife. um, And just a really awful, awful bit of news this week at only 24 years of age uh, has stunned the Columbus Blue Jackets and Cleveland Monsters uh, families for sure. Uh, The Laval Rocket played against Kiv Lennox when he played for the Cleveland Monsters uh, quite a few times. Um, Anyone who watched the World hockey championships, uh, the men's world championships earlier this summer, about a month or six weeks ago, um, there was, there was a game towards the beginning of, of the, the round robin part of the tournament where in a huge upset, Latvia shut out team Canada two to nothing. Um, and it was actually, um, Matisse Kivlenix who was in goal for Latvia in that game. That was actually his last game that he played, um, a pretty, Pretty stunning upset uh, for Latvia and a, and a memorable game for him. Uh, but Rick, it's just it is just such an awful thing to hear about, uh, particularly uh, you know a young man, bright future ahead of him, obviously well loved by his teammates and 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 family and friends. And it's just terrible, terrible news this week. Tragic for the entire Columbus Blue Jackets organization and and all of the the. People that were involved, this happened in Michigan, Oakland County, and and uh, at the home of former Red Wings goaltender uh, Manny Legacy. Manny Legacy is the uh, goaltending coach for Columbus, and and um, you know to to all of his teammates and coaching staff and people in the organization, uh, we just uh, we we extend our condolences. Absolutely. One last thing before we leave, uh, we always offer you a feel-good finale. I should also say, if you'd like to reach out to Rick or I on Twitter, you're sh- welcome to do that. You can find Rick at All Habs. Um, if you uh, are wanting to follow the Stanley Cup final coverage, be sure you're following Rick at All Habs uh, as our Montreal Canadiens uh, hub uh, of coverage. He's got all of the news uh, about the Stanley Cup final for you there. And uh, you can always find me at Flyers Rule. And again, don't forget, at the AHL Report, at the Press Zone. Make sure you're subscribed. Um, and really, our feel-good finale this week is, uh, I've kind of dubbed it, there's a hockey hotbed ahead. You know, we talked about how it's so unique that we're watching NHL hockey being played in July. Um, if you think that uh, hockey's going to die down after that, whew, let me tell you what, this July, is just jam-packed because everything has been pushed to this month. So a Stanley Cup champion is going to be awarded, Rick. After that, uh, July is also going to have, I should mention, the Press Zone is going to celebrate their 200th episode later this month. Wow. 
be on the lookout for that. It's going to be a, a special day for sure. Then you've got the expansion draft that's going to happen. Two days later, the NHL entry draft takes place that same weekend. USA Hockey hosts Team Finland and Sweden to begin their week-long World Junior Summer Showcase to start getting those teams prepped for World Juniors. And of course, free agency opens up in the last week of the month. Um, It is nonstop. (laughs) I was looking at the NHL uh, critical dates calendar and, and things are happening uh, and, you know, as soon as the Stanley Cup playoffs are, are over, there will be things happening, uh, particularly with uh, respect to the expansion draft and, and, and uh, trade freezes uh, and, and lists that have to be submitted. And, and then, as you said, free agency and UFAs and RFAs and all of that. Uh, this, there's not going to be an off season, so you're wanna, going to want to stick close and, and uh, keep tuning in for our episodes to, uh, to stay informed about uh, what's going to happen. And soon enough, it's going to be the start of training camps and the new season. Shush. You just shush. <laughs> you just shush. <laughs> well, we can't thank you enough for joining us for another week of the Press Zone. Uh, it was a jam-packed show. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, buckle up. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting end to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, we've got uh, maybe a few more games left to play. Canadians fans certainly hope it's uh, it's a few games left to play, uh, but we'll have all the coverage for you with that and all of the news from the AHL, the ECHL, and prospects as we start to then turn our attention towards the draft and free agency. So don't go anywhere. Uh, enjoy hockey the rest of this week. Stay safe. And of course, we'll see you back here again next Tuesday for another great episode of The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.